Amen, amen, amen. Good to see you this first day of Holy Week. I have been pondering and thinking about this week that's upon us. I'm going to invite your attention to Luke chapter 19. Today is the day Jesus comes into the city. Everyone says, Hosanna. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, save us, redeemer, rescuer, save us. So maybe you've seen visuals of that or pictorials. Uh, Today is the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and that's what we're going to read from Luke 19, verses 28 right down through 38. I'm reading out of an NIV. You can follow with me. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples, and this is what he said to them. Sent two people, gave them instruction. He said, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you're going to find a colt. You're going to find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Very specific. Jesus sends them into this city, two disciples, not specific who the disciples are, but very specific what they're looking for. You're going to go into this city. You're going to find a colt. My understanding is a a colt is under four years old, never ridden, tied up, untie it, bring it here. Somebody should have raised their hand and said, that's a felony. He said, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it, get a load of this. Just say, the Lord needs it. I'm going to try that. <laughs> Sent two nondescript guys, we guess, guys, gals, I don't know, two, two disciples, very specifically find a colt. This young donkey, find it, tied up, never before ridden. That's what we're going for. Untie it, and should anyone say, what do you think you're doing? Just tell them. You want to say these words with me? The Lord needs it. And those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. Can we breathe that in for a quick second? It was found just like he said it would be. Just exactly the way he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, you want to read it with me? The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, they threw their cloaks on the colt, and they put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I've been so enamored by this cult this week. 
I've been thinking about the story. So specifically, this one single animal, young, under four years old, never ridden. Why does Jesus need a colt? Like, what's the big deal? You can send a couple disciples, and, and who, like, who cares? What difference does it make if Jesus walks into this city, or if he rides a white horse, or if they carry him in some kind of cart on their shoulders and he walks through? Like, what's the difference? Why is it such a big deal that it's a colt? Never been ridden. Maybe you know that Zechariah, Old Testament prophet, just two books back from the New Testament, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, just two books back. Zechariah 9.9, would you throw that up there, Eli? Zechariah 9.9 is a prophecy 500 years earlier. 500 years earlier. So for us, that's 15, 1600s. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt. The foal of a donkey. What's the big deal about the cult in Luke 19? Well, the big deal is that there was a plan set up in Zechariah 9. It had been spoken. And it wasn't just, a moment ago, we said, man, what the disciples found, that's exactly what Jesus said they'd find, just like he said it. And this thing was done just like Zechariah said it 500 years earlier. Zechariah could have said, Jesus is going to come into town on a 72 Camaro. And you know what Jesus would have told the disciples to go find? Go into Bethpage in Bethany. You'll see a 72 Camaro parked against the curb. Get it. Bring it to me. Because there was a plan. Somebody needs to hear that today. Maybe we all need to hear it today. There's a plan. There was a plan before you got here. There's a plan now. But what did Jesus tell the disciples about that colt? He said, I need it need it. And if anybody asks you, what's going on here? What are you going to say when people ask you about what's going on in your life? Can you say the same thing? What's going on in your life? The Lord needs it. The Lord needs me. He needed the two guys to go get it. But there was a prophecy to be fulfilled. There was a moment that was being fulfilled. The Lord needs it. The colt. Jesus rides in on the colt and the coats and the palm branches and all the things. 
as he rides into the city. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Exciting. Pinnacle of ministry. Incredible. Why that particular day? When is it and what are the things that fall into place that all of a sudden it's your time? Okay, we got the Zechariah 9 prophecy. It's got to be a cult. But why now? Jesus rode into the city on the 10th day of the first month. The 10th day of the first month, he rode into Jerusalem. What is significant about this crowd that gathered? I was very focused on this cult. And then I began to think about the crowd that gathered. They've got the coats and everything, and Jesus is sitting on this prophesied animal that he needs, that is in the plan, has to happen, is going to be fulfilled. And then the crowd shows up. The crowd. Chanting, proclaiming, blessing. But why that day? The tenth of the first month means nothing to most of us. The tenth of the first month, the month of Nisan, it means nothing to most of us. But once again, many hundreds of years prior, in Exodus chapter 12, the Lord speaks to Moses and Aaron, and this is what he says. He says it will be the tenth day of the first month. He said, you're coming out of Egypt, and this is where we start. This becomes your first month. First month of the year is starting now, and you're coming out of Egypt. He says, we're about to do this thing, fellas. And he says, the Lord tells Moses and Aaron in Exodus 12, he says, and on the 10th tenth tenth day of the first month, you'll gather a lamb spotless. On the tenth day of the first month, the lamb will be selected. Why did Jesus come into the city on that day? We say it as that Sunday, that tenth day of the first month. Why? Because that's when the lamb is selected. That's when the lamb is chosen. It's the 10th day of the first month that you look through and you choose the lamb. That's the day that the lamb is chosen. He's on the colt fulfilling the prophecy and all the people are saying, he's the lamb. He's the one, the crowd, the cheer, the roar, the rising of the the noise and the energy. He's the one the lamb was chosen that day. I thought of the cult, I thought of the crowd, and then I thought of the cross. Five days later, the Lord Jehovah, again, Exodus, tells Moses and Aaron, and on the 15th day of the first month, 
that lamb will be killed on the 15th day. God actually says that on the 10th day of the first month, you will select the lamb. Think with me. As we tell the Exodus story, think with me of Jesus coming into the city, 10th day of the first month, this Palm Sunday thing, being chosen. You see, there's a plan. There's something that goes before us, being chosen. And then the Lord, Jehovah, speaking to Moses and Aaron, he says, and the lamb will live in your house for four days. And Jesus was in the temple house for the rest of that week, in and out for four days. And on the 15th, which we know the evening starts the day on the Jewish calendar. So it would be Thursday evening, if Friday were our day, the 15th, the lamb is slain. See, there's a plan. Stuff is intentional. Things are known. There's purpose to this. It wasn't just, what would I like to ride in on? What do you guys think would be cool? <laughs> what should we do? Should we be like, should we be like, the Caesars, and ride in on a white horse. But it was already told. You'll ride in on a colt, never before ridden. So that's the way it's got to go. And on the 10th day, he's selected. And for four days, he is with them. And on the 15th day of the first month, he is killed. And some would say that when Jesus gave up his life, the ninth hour, if we go from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., at that very same time, the lamb, literally, that lamb which was chosen for that week is being killed. You see, it matters. There's thought behind this. Things come together with purpose and intent. Can I say it this way? No accident. Years ago, I was in graduate school, and it was out east, and I had an opportunity to be sitting with a student. It was kind of over a break. We were all about ready to go on break and head out for the holiday, and this was a Jewish young woman from Chicago, she identified herself that way. We were sitting talking. And so as we were chatting about something, I guess it must have been spring, spring break or something like that, because we got to talking about Easter. And she said, I just don't get Easter. I just don't get it. I just don't understand. Like, why Easter? The whole bunny thing, eggs, Jesus, Easter. Like, I don't get it. And I might have been wrong. But what I told her, I said, it's not about Easter. It's about Passover. She's like, what? See, Easter just happened. It was about Passover. It was about Jesus giving his life as that, without blemish, spotless, perfect lamb. It was Passover. That was the critical moment. That critical moment where he fulfilled being selected on the 10th day. 
living among them for the next four days, and on the 15th day of the first month, giving his life. Something that hundreds, hundreds of years before was set in motion. And he fulfilled it because it matters. It means something. I thought about the cult and the crowd and the cross. I've been pondering those all week. And the connections of those. But what I'd like to leave you with today, maybe just two things. Number one, the Lord needs you. The Lord needs you. Maybe he doesn't need you to go get a colt. Maybe he doesn't need you to be the colt. That thing was already done. But does anybody else feel that resonant inside of you? The Lord needs you. Can you hear his voice? Can you hear his voice through my voice today? As presumptuous as that may be. The Lord needs you. Why are you going to? We're the ones asking the questions. (laughs) We're the owner. We're the owner of the vessel. And they come to call us, move us into service and ministry. And we're the ones that say, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? You're asking me? What are you doing? And what's the voice that comes back? What's the voice that you hear? Well, the Lord needs you. And when we go to call and to engage and to enlist in the service of things preordained, planned out, designed by God, does that give anybody any comfort at all? Designed by God. Designed by God. His timing. His purpose. Can we say okay? You don't want me. Yes, I do. I want a colt that's never been tried or ridden or used. No, 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 no. No, you want, you want what's been proven. No, no, no. You, thank you for asking. Thank you so much for asking. Appreciate that you think you want to use me. But in fact, you want to use him. You want to use, you want to use someone that has some tread off the tire, right? You want to use somebody that's got some mileage. Some time in the saddle. That's who you want. I'm green. Except the word of the Lord is I need you. Choosing you. Never ridden. Never tried. Seemingly unknown. The Lord needs you. Possibly you'll say, I'm just not ready. That's what makes it amazing. That's what makes it miraculous. That's what makes it a God thing. 
Randall and I were talking this week. We were talking about being used by God. We were talking about God's purposes in our life and calling. I told him something that he'd not heard me say before, and maybe I haven't said it in a while here. When someone is thirsty, been playing ball, been working outside, and you find a water fountain like we have out here, and you hit that water fountain, and you let that thing cool off a little bit, and that water is crisp and clean and cool, and it quenches your thirst, and you just gulp it down. I have never heard of anyone ever wiping their mouth saying, thank God for those pipes. Never. Ever. They're just the pipes. He's the flow. He's the water. He simply sets us up, invites us to be part of the process. But he does say, I need you. I'll be the living water, but I need you. So number one, he needs you. And number two, Arna, come on up. Number two, there's a plan. This isn't just like throw stuff up on the wall and see what sticks. There is a divinely orchestrated timing that I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand and say, I don't always understand it, don't often see it, am kind of smart, hindsight, but sometimes I even miss that. In the middle of things, God is working and operating. Come on, how nuts is it to go from 10th day of the first month to 15th day of the first month? That is craziness. What? A 10th day, I'm like, so we? We're like, damn, like, yes. It's happening. All this stuff that we've been following, we've been living out under rocks, for goodness sakes, eating locusts for three years, following this itinerant rabbi, and finally, somebody put him on a talk show. Like, finally, he's shown up, and people are paying attention. Yeah. Can you not imagine the swagger and the strut of, yeah, the fist bumping that was going on on the 10th day. And the running and the hiding and the fear and the anxiety that was going on day 15. All part of the plan. Part of a plan that had been set up in Exodus 12. You think those old boys hadn't read Exodus 12? You think they hadn't heard that read? Time and time and time again, it was the Passover story. It was one of the major feasts. So sometimes we just don't put it together. That doesn't mean we are any less qualified, any less called, any less able to be used by God in the process. Let's sing this again. I want you to recognize today 
you are called. Every single person in here, if I could look every single person in the eye, every single one, I go, hey, he needs you. He needs you. He needs you. The Lord needs you. That's a little different than you saying right now, okay, the Lord needs me. I'll say it. The Lord needs you. You want to say the other thing? The Lord needs me. I didn't hear anyone. The Lord needs you. Like the Lord needs me. The Lord needs me. Not reactive. Not like, oh my goodness. We got to figure something out. Not that. Proactive. Thought out. Not happen chance. But meaningful. Timely. Powerful with the resources and purposes of heaven brought to bear on the focal moment of you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Fill in the blank. It doesn't matter what I feel, what I see, but what, 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 what? My, my, my what, my what, my, my hope. My, my hope between day 10 and day 15. As you live for the Lord, the longer that you do this, you will recognize that day 10 doesn't mean anything. And day 15 doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't mean if we're having ticker tape parades, that doesn't mean anything. And if people are going to a cross, that doesn't mean anything either. Those are just moments. What matters is I am walking with him day 10, day 11. Day 12, day 13, day 14, day 15. I need him. He needs me. It's not happen chance. There's a plan. 